and welcome to episode 57 of the Adelan Rising podcast. We're your hosts, Saren, Lynn, and Adam. In today's episode, we talk about Marvel Rising number four, Marvel Team Up number three, Ms. Marvel number four, and Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 44. And that's a lot of fours. How are you guys doing? I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing great. I just got back from seeing Spider-Man Far From Home. And how did you like it? Because I have I loved it. it. It was fantastic. There, there is one after credit scene in that that I thought there caught. were two. There is two, but there's one, in my opinion, that's more important than the other. But we will disagree on that one. Maybe we'll talk about it at the end. How about we do that? Spoilers! Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take all the spoilers right to the end of the podcast. Okay, we can do that. <laughs> so... so. Yeah, Spider-Man Far From Home is really good. I haven't seen it yet because I haven't seen a Spider-Man movie since Tobey Maguire's first one. So, I live under a rock. Anyway. At least now, yeah. yeah. I just have never been able to, like, muster the interest in the Spider-Man movies. I like Spider-Man as a character, and I love what I've seen of Tom Holland's Spider-Man. But it hasn't... Yeah, I was like that with Homecoming. Um, But then I watched it, and I was like, actually, this is pretty damn good. Um, because Homecoming's obviously got a lot of Iron Man in it, and it's got a lot of, uh, a vulture. So Michael Keaton is a really good vulture. I will say I was impressed yeah. that they actually, um, used a different villain, um, than oh, this... the other movies with the vulture and Mysterio. I think everyone knows it's Mysterio at this point, so that's not a spoiler. And Yeah, I, I think, yeah. He's obviously so, mysterious. He's really cool. Like, like Jake Gyllenhaal does a really, really good job. So, excellent. but we, we'll save we'll save the spoilery stuff till the end, and then uh, we'll, we'll give you a, a fair warning. Um, but we'll do it after we say goodbye. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have an end credits. Yeah, an end credit <laughs> scene of our own that works. Bonus content. Bonus, Bonus content. content that works. Um. So, in other news, um, before we get into the comics, uh, on July nineteenth. Um, Avengers Ultimate Alliance 3 comes out on the Switch. Um, if you're an Inhumans fan, you better get it because Crystal is playable and Lockjaw is serves as like a teleportation point in the game. Am I wrong? Or that is what I'm told. Okay. I've seen Crystal's gameplay. She looks fun as hell. Um, so so on, a, on, a, on a slightly different note, because um, I know obviously Ultimate Alliance Three is going to be really good on the, on the really popular on the Switch. Because at least I'm going to buy it. But uh, Amazon in the UK have changed the pre-order policy, so anybody that's going to pre-order on Amazon, just be aware that once you pre-order it, it will take all of your money out there and then. But their old policy used to be that they would take money out as it was being dispatched. Uh, so just a bit of a warning to everybody. I pre-ordered mine through GameStop and I paid for half of it already, so I'm good. Um, yeah, I'm just on next payday, basically. I, I'm finding it interesting with it because I've been looking at Nintendo North America's site, and they like to know. I see them pushing Crystal and Captain Marvel together. Like whenever, like usually it's one and the it's they're usually like together. I don't know, but I think that's interesting. But either way, Crystal looks fun as hell to play, and I can't wait. Um, I have other things to say about that game, but I'm not going to. There's also an expansion pack with more characters. Spider-Woman yeah. better be in that expansion pack then because I'm annoyed that they put Gwen Stacy in that game instead of the original Spider-Woman. I said it anyway. There we go. Uh, I'm bitter. Four minutes. Four minutes, Lynn. Yeah. Four minutes. <laughs> so write that down for next podcast. Four minutes. I am Last episode bitter. is five. This is four. 
bitter <laughs> about that. It's ridiculous. So I know they're doing movie characters, but whatever. I'm annoyed by it. So that they haven't said who's going to be in the expansion pack, but that says they have characters from Fantastic Four, X-Men, and Marvel Knights being added. Jess might yeah, be I mean, added then. I mean, Marvel, Marvel Knights could be literally any character ever, yeah. because I'm pretty sure it's just like a different you know, arm of Marvel. So Right, well, Marvel Knights yeah. is probably going to be like the Defenders, if they aren't already in there. I think they are, though, so who knows. I'll say this, yeah. Jessica Drew has been a playable character in the other versions of the game, so if they if she's not in this one, I'll be pissed. Okay. That's all I'm going to say about that. Four minutes in, oh. guys, I'm good. Oh. <laughs> what else is in the news? Okay, well, it, we also have Lockjaw showing up in Guardians of the Galaxy number six, being I, generally a good boy and helping out Beta Ray Bill. I need to catch up on that book. It's been uh, great. I, I think I've re I read probably issue one, and I've just been like, just been so crap with reading comic books this month, and last month, and for about the past seven months. So um, I've just been re reading really disappointing stuff, but once, well, I'll get onto that later. Well, I'm kind of upset because I thought that my reading list would get a little smaller, but because of Valkyrie coming out, and a new Black Widow coming out, and Strike Force coming out, my list has, instead of getting shorter, gotten longer. An Invisible Woman. Oh, yeah, I gotta add that to my list, too. And I've also added Fearless, because why not? That's got Invisible Woman and Captain Marvel and Storm in it. So, um, yeah, I'm looking at my list. And when I added it to my list, <laughs> the owner of the LCS looks at me and he goes, I would have put that in your poll anyway. And I'm like, well, now it's official. Because <laughs> he will. He'll like, if he, th if he gets a book in that he thinks I'll like, he'll at, he'll just throw it in my folder. And if I, and then usually I like, I'll look through and I'm, if it's bigger, I go, oh, you added this to my list. Cool. I don't have to pull it off the shelf. So he, he can do that for me because chances are I'll probably buy it because he figured out what I like to read. And if you could have an LCS like mine, I hope you all find one because he's really cool. Anyway. Okay, so uh, I think the other thing is um, in September, the, the Eisner Award winning, winning Black Bolt se series by uh, Eisner Award winning Saladin Ahmed, uh, Ahmed and Christian Ward is uh, getting an oversized hardcover cover edition. Which, um, time. What, Black Bolt yeah. is? Yeah. yeah. Holy shit, that's Finally. awesome. I'll be buying yeah. that. I think, I think I'm going to buy it for myself, my friends, my family. <laughs> I absolutely will be purchasing that. That's awesome. I did not know that. I'll be going to my LCS and going, hey, I need that too. Yeah, and um, I think uh, Rebecca in our notes has put like a nice little tidbit, which is the fact that it's the um, it's the only, well, it's the second, if you can say that. Is it? I did not oh, know that. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. Which is uh, also re really recommended reading material. It's like, it's so good, that book. It's um, really and that was also made into the um, the Marvel Knights animated series. Yes, it was. Which, I mean, they're quite interesting. I mean, it's not. It, it, it's basically just what um, watching a comic book that's been photoshopped to make it look like it's moving, um, which is pretty cool if you're into that. But I, I think I tried to watch it and it just sort of. I was actually um, kind of talking about that. Uh, I was on the uh, Uncanny Nerdverse podcast last week. Um, talking about Spider-Woman Agent of Sword, which they had also put into a motion comic. And mm. uh, although I think theirs was a little bit different method because that was actually written 
while it was being turned into a motion comic, whereas they... Yeah, it was yeah. it was the first one to be done side by side. Right. And, uh, yeah, there's some interesting little tidbits I have at the back of the uh, Agent of Swords uh, book that Lynn got me because she's awesome. Happy birthday, me. Um, that uh, I'll probably be sharing on that podcast next week when we record the second half of it. But, um, yeah, those motion comics are interesting. Say. Yeah, they are. I mean, I, I, the only one I've got is the the Inhumans one, because I think I've, caught, I've picked it up in like Forbidden Planet. So let me tell you, the, the, because Lynn is awesome and she got me that hardcover because she found it. It came with the DVD, the motion comic DVD. The motion comic DVD has no labeling on it, so you don't know which side is up. <laughs> so I'm sitting there going, "Well, fuck, which side do I put in my DVD player?" Um, I got right on the first time, literally. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just gonna... Because you turn... Uh, yeah, no. There was no way to tell which side was up on it. Like, not even a... This side up. Like, no. You just have to freaking guess. In case you were wondering. Find a hardcover of of the uh, Inhumans book by uh, Paul Jenkins, and it has the DVD in there. Good luck figuring out which side is up, guys. Because you're probably not going to figure it out right away. Or maybe you will. I don't know. I was kind of annoyed. And then we have Christian Ward's writing debut, Tommy Gun Wizards, which comes out on August 28th. The art is by Sammy Cavella, who did the art for Saladin Ahmed's Abbott. Mm-hmm. Sammy's really good at likenesses. When you know, Saladin told him someone looks like Mark Boland or Harry Belafonte, that's exactly what you get. <laughs> they are perfectly recognizable. So uh, get your pre-orders in and show your support. Yeah, I mean, if, if Abbott is anything to go by, then this will be great. Um, although I, I think personally I will probably have to pick it up in trade which I feel really awful about but you know I do suggest going and grab it and pre-order it and grab it up in monthly even if I do sound like a hypocrite that's okay sometimes you so, just have to get trade that's yeah, all you can yeah, do you don't really you just there's only so many books you can buy every week and you have to pick and choose so if you gotta get in trade well, you gotta get it in trade so, uh, I, I know you're not really a big fan of X-Men comic books, Saren, but Age of X-Men has been, in my opinion, one of the most poorly written series of books that, you know, has come out of the X-Men comic books in, heard, in a long time. I've heard good things about Leah Williams' extremist tie-in, though. Yeah, yeah but it, it's like, it, right, okay, the way I described it, is that it's the shiniest shit and a plethora of turds. Probably because it's... I'm gonna say it this way: they all know that Hickman is rebooting the X-Men. Yeah, but so the, the, my my point is more around the fact that um, nearly everyone says the same story, like it's a case of oh they they finally realise that the reality around them is not real, bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. oh what a, what a big deal. And it happened. Like what, five or six times? How many? How many Age of X Men time books are there? I don't know. So, uh, Nightcrawler, Extremists, Marvelous, uh, Apocalypse, um, Prisoner X, and is there something else I'm missing? Next, Next Gen. Um, they've pretty much all said the same story again and again. In some of them, it's been the same story twice, and it's kind of just. <sighs> Kind of reminds me of Infinity with Captain Marvel and Avengers Assemble. 
and some of the other mm-hmm. stories where you would you had you know spider woman going to rescue carol and captain marvel but that was yeah. more from captain marvel's point of view and then in avengers assemble you have spider woman going to rescue captain marvel but it's from spider woman's point of view and then in hickman's avengers you have people going to rescue all the other people that was captured alongside of Captain Marvel, but it's from someone else's point of view. So you got the story, same story three times. Yeah, but I mean, it's just it just felt really lazy and really kind of... I think by the time I'd got to like the third or fourth book in that run, it just felt like... Ugh, I just kind of... I just didn't want to do it anymore, and I, I, I'm still kind of just like trying to get myself to... To read um, Amazing Nightcrawler. Um, I heard that was good, and I I hear I'm hearing um, was it Age of X, whatever the first one that's coming out is, is apparently like insanely good. Which which one? The new one by Hickman coming out is apparently. Oh like, yeah, um, House of X and Powers of Ten. That's it. Yes. Yeah, that, I mean it's Hickman. We can we can probably you know comfortably say it's going to be good. But um, I, I just feel like I just feel like Age of X Men, which was uh, kind of advertised as being the the next Age of Apocalypse sort of thing. Uh, no, 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 it's just not. I just I just feel really bad because it's one of those books where I really wanted to to like, but it, it's kind of like the X Men since almost since IVX. Like kind of like the last three years of X books have just been really not good. I apologize for dogs barking, guys. But yeah, it just feels like a lot of them haven't been great. So, anyway, that's enough of my ranting. Should we do some reviews now? Yes, let's do some reviews. Yes. Okay, so first review is going to be uh, Marvel Rising issue four, which is uh, written by uh, Nyla. Mag- uh, how do you say that? Ny- Nyla Magruder. I think He's, so. Yeah. So artist is Roberto De, Sil- De Salvo. And uh, is it Jorge Duarte? Uh, the colorist is Rochelle Rosenberg. Letterers, the letterer is VCs Clayton Cowles. So, with issue, issue three ending on uh, quite a, in, an intense cliffhanger of a giant monster appearing out of the sea, we start this issue with a flashback of England in times of King Arthur, where we see a younger Morgan Le Fay uh, pleading with her mother, Igraine. I don't know how you say that. <laughs> <laughs> I just copied it from the book. Igraine? Igrane? Igraine. Igraine. To let her join the battle against the mortal men for their homeland. Then back to the here and now, Morgan is trying to get a connection to the Hudson River. Unfortunately, the connection appears to come from uh, come between her and the waste of humanity that sits in that river. It's all the plastic and crap. Um, although initially impressed by what Morgan has done, gathering the trash into the... In, uh, she starts gathering the trash of the Hudson to one giant trash trash monster the heroes end up being attacked by it and working together and start working together to beat it um quake and dante have a quick fight where daisy hits dante over the head uh, a few times to get him to wake up out of his kind of possession uh which reminded me of the the hawkeye and black widow moment in the original avengers movie uh america watches as miss marvel and spider-man um mars malice uh being dragged off under the water by the giant plastic crapster as i've decided to call it <laughs> Um, 
Morgan has a moment where she begins to wonder why the heroes work so hard to beat her, asking why they're so stubborn, uh, which for some reason then shows her power starting to grow weaker. The book then changes pace somewhat with Miss Marvel approaching Morgan and tends to have a proper conversation with her. Questioner as to why she's doing these things and wants to con- uh, why she wants to conquer New Atalan. Morgan believing this is to be another trap, a quick flashback to Arthurian times where her mother has probably been fatally injured, um, where Morgan seemingly gave up any faith she had in Arthur Pendragon. The book ends with Morgan getting extremely angry, uh, angry uh, commanding the seas to take Miss Marvel down to the deepest depths, and then it says, to be concluded. Um, I rated this three out of five because it felt a bit fillery. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, because there's a lot of lot of this this issue was kind of a lot of exposition, kind of uh, yeah, fillery. <laughs> what did you guys think? Um, I agree. I think it was yeah. fillery. Um, I feel like I don't know. I wasn't. I don't think it was blow away kind of. No, book. and they like uh. kept trying to like have Morgan see their side of everything and like try and turn her good, which is their mo. But at the same time, this is Morgan Le Fay. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just yeah. like, sometimes you're just not able, which may, I don't know. I feel like I'd be disappointed if they turned her good. See, I, I yeah. so one of the, the things that I came up uh, sort of as a, as a, a thought, uh, you know, start a, a conversation style was the fact that this book is aimed at kids who go down the route of, um, sort of be good to your environment don't waste plastic all that kind of stuff and right. obviously single-use plastics mm-hmm. are, are quite big at the moment but do you reckon it could do more i mean uh, it it kind of goes halfway and then stops it, it it's a fine line because if you do a little too much then it's just preachy right yeah and then the um, kids are just going to turn right off to it yeah true uh yeah i i forget how 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 it is to be a kid <laughs> um, all of a sudden it's an after school just, special yeah yes, and yeah. I, I do I do like it the issue and I love the artwork and I love the colors I think it's really great but I'm I'm just I don't know I felt like it was missing something and then also what it, I know of Morgan Le Fay as a character I just felt she was a little out of character maybe yeah but I think that, that goes goes without saying because it is kind of like a aimed at that same audience that, that watched the tv right. show uh, so um, i know yeah maybe maybe it's because of that but it's a bit of a shame um i don't think they did enough with the inhumans from from new atalan particularly iso because you know she's a, a favorite of ours yes yes that that is what was missing yeah well yeah yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, if, yeah. if you're gonna go to Adeline, I mean, honestly, if they really want to make it interesting, you have Reader go up against Morgan because if you want to talk about wha- warping reality and stuff, yeah, yeah, you, you put Morgan against Reader because that's gonna be one awesome fight. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I don't think we'll see that in Marvel no. Rising. To be quite honest with you, no, we probably won't. But that said, but, yeah, but that said, that's what I want to see. <laughs> And, and the baby now live in Adelaide. And we haven't seen oh, that. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. That's, that was yeah, mentioned in one of the early ep- one of the early issues that um Dante was concerned because See, Gabby and the too. baby moved there. Because yeah. you have the baby that was born in human, like Black Bolt and and, mm-hmm. and Oh, she was yeah, yeah it was there's like a story there too. Like, I'm quite looking forward to issue five. Um the wrap up should be quite nice. 
Yes, um, I think it'll be I wa- really good. I've been enjoying the series overall, but I just felt like this issue lacked. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it was it was quite. Uh, I, I think it's probably because it was a lot of flashbacks. Um, yeah. I say a lot. I think it's about three three or so pages. Yeah, of, kind of, of took uh, you flashbacks. out of the. So I guess they're yeah. trying to get us to see Morgan's point of view a little more, but at the same time, I'm just like, mm. yeah. I mean, you know. But then again, it, it's it's quite interesting because Marvel kind of portrays Morgan Le Fay as being this evil person, but um, in actual Arthurian Arthurian legend, uh, she's not always that bad. No, she's not. So, yeah. And actually, that was shown quite... in um, Weird World too. I mean, she's pretty bad there, but she actually. Um, does have a heart, and you see that. Yeah. Um, it's kind of it's kind of like what Wicked does to the uh, to the story of the Wizard of Oz. You guys seen Wicked? No. Yes. Yeah. I live yeah, under a rock. I don't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> so it basically it basically portrays the um, the Wicked Witch of the West as like how she was when she was younger. She's actually a good a good witch, and then the good witch in the Wizard of Oz is basically just following the kind of like the dictatorship. Um, and it gives quite a nice twist on The Wizard of Oz. But overall, Which is I think... also a book by, I believe, Jeffrey Maguire. Is that his name? I have no, I have no idea. idea. Marvel Rising, I think, I think it's good for the overall story. And I think if you're going to read it as an all-in-one thing, definitely read it all. Um, but yeah, as a standard, I was a bit disappointed, especially after what came before it. Agreed. So... All right, and it's Gregory, Gregory Maguire. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. Good to know. It was a book first. Oh really? I, yeah, I, I mean, I've only ever heard of the um, heard of the the show. Mm-hmm. So should we move on to Marvel Teen Team Up issue three, which is the end of the Freaky Friday special, um, which is written by Eve mm-hmm. L. Ewing. She's an amazing uh, writer, by the way. The, yep, the amazing Eve L. Ewing. Uh, artists are Joey Vasquez and uh, Moy R. Uh, I had to check that. Uh, apparently, that is correct. Uh, uh, so the colorist is Felipe Sobrero, and the letterers are VCs Clayton Cowles. So after the previous issue of uh, crime fighting and trying to work out each other's powers, uh, a new day dawns between Miss Marvel and Spider-Man. After a great interaction on the top of the building, because that's clearly where all the superheroes go to hang out. Well, yeah, because they mute- they're not going to be seen or overheard there. Well, yeah, it's just... I just it's just seeing superheroes on the top of, on the top of buildings is just quite it's quite funny. Uh even if it's like someone like Daredevil or something, he's always on the top of a building. It's like why? But anyway. Uh so they have an amusing discussion about they're sick and tired of being each other. Um which which yeah, must get tedious, right? Um they both kind of scramble back to Yesenia's lab, uh, to try and get the whole freaky Friday experience over and done with. Uh Miss Marvel as Spider Man takes the top of bus over to the centre of New York City whilst discussing how Spider-Man, as Miss Marvel, has taken up using lip gloss, which is quite a nice little bit of uh, <laughs> nice little bit of levity in the in the, the whole book. because um, Kamala is not not happy about uh, the fact that Spider-Man is, is putting lip gloss on her. Um, but just as they arrive in New York City, Kamala uh, getting used to Spidey Sense, hears Yesenia call out and uh, they burst in on the jackal trying to um, use the computer program to upload conscience, consciences. Oh, consciences. is that tying yeah. into clone conspiracy a little bit? Um, I, I, I don't think it is, but I think it's kind of calling back to many different right. Spider-Man stories. Um, but yeah, so Peter as uh, Kamala 
get to the bottom of why Jackal wants all this information and uh, and, and uh, all the, the information and devices, uh, to which Yesenia explains his nefarious plan, uh, whilst Kamala, as Peter, tries to take out the Jackal. Um, ultimately, Peter, as Kamala, and this is going to get really old, <laughs> saying it like this, uh, beats the Jackal using uh, Kamala's embiggen powers to crush the Jackal. Uh, Kamala then makes sure he can get away uh, by webbing him to the ground. Or can't get away by webbing him to the ground. That's not the end of the story, however. So Miss Marvel, Spider-Man and Yesenia all get together to try and find a solution to their Freaky Friday problem. Uh, Yesenia sees a few flaws in this. The the body swap chip has been overridden and almost entirely eroded away. It seems like there really isn't a solution until Peter realises that the device that Kurt O'Connor's devised actually could help them out of their predicament. Uh, obviously, there are flaws in this. It could cause them to lose their powers or just not work correctly. But obviously, this is comic books. Um, in comic book fashion, the device works. And after a really cool touching full panel, uh, full page panel, uh, Spider-Man and Miss Marvel swap back to their original bodies without being able to remember a thing from the last few days. Um, interestingly enough, Yesenia appears to be experiencing some kind of embiggen power. Um, but... Miss Marvel and Spider-Man managed to go back to their normal lives, and all is well again. Uh, I gave this one four out of five Lockjaws. It was a really nice ending, and um, even if the story was quite brief, uh, I thought it was really good. What about you guys? I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that as well. It's unusual, because I usually don't enjoy the sort of body swap stories. Yeah, there's a few things that I think... I I don't like people borrowing my books. Right. I don't yeah. either. And I feel like I feel like Eve Ewing touched on that really well. Yes. And you know what? I'm I'm really glad that they don't remember this. Yeah, because that would just yeah. be weird, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's like it, I would hate that. I would absolutely hate that. Just somebody knowing like all the details about you. It's just a bit ugh, yeah. grim. Yeah. But Captain but, Marvel's uh, in the next arc, and I have a feeling that my LCS will be shoving that in my folder. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've subscribed to this book already, because I, I, I love Eve Ewing. Um, the problem I have is the fact that Eve Ewing is not on the next one. Yeah, um, I'll be sad she to is, She's read... So who's writing the next one? Um, that is a good point. I didn't write that one down. Great question. Um, but I did, however, write that e-viewing is fantastic, and I would love to prefer her on this book forever. So, <laughs> but yeah, she's she's fast becoming one of my favorite Marvel writers. Like she's only re- she's only written Ironheart and this, I believe, for the time being. But you know, get her on some other stuff. She's absolutely fantastic. Um, hold on, I am going to tell you. Hold on one second. It's Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel. And yep. it's Clint McElroy, Ig Guara, and Anna Rudd on covers. Which is, I'm sure they'll do a great job. Um, and also, Miss Marvel's in a cosmic suit next issue. Yes. Which is which is quite surprising, because I don't think we've actually seen her in that suit yet. Nope. Next issue of Captain Marvel, which we will, or um, not Captain Marvel, Magnificent Marvel, I think she gets it. Um, I love the cover, though. Um, so, putting uh, Anna Rudd on covers... Uh, Smart move because I'm really digging those covers a lot. That's a really cool cover. Um, I, I would quite, I would quite like to know if we're going to be seeing more of Yesenia. Uh, probably. Because the fact that she's somehow managed to tap into, potentially tap into, uh, to Miss Marvel's powers, that'd be quite interesting. Yes. 
I'd like to see another person using their powers for good. We shall see. But yeah, did you do you have any more comments on that one, on Lynn? No, I think we're we're good. We've already uh, <laughs> gone over that one, but yeah, I, I've I've genuinely been really enjoying these Marvel team up books. Uh, even though there's only been three, I'm I'm really looking forward to the next I one. I want Miss Marvel and Spider Woman because I want to see Miss Marvel <laughs> deal with Spider Baby. Yeah, Baby exactly. Spider Baby. What? <laughs> Babysitting Spider Baby. Exactly. I'm trying, I'm trying to think who I who I'd quite like to see. I think I'd quite like to see Miss Marvel and Black Bolt. To be honest with you, I want to see Miss Marvel and Crystal because Crystal yeah. Crystal has not interacted enough with anyone recently. So, and she's in like all the video games. She's in Future Fight. She's in she's gonna be Ultimate Alliance three. And I'm like, well, where's Crystal showing up in the comics? Nowhere. And she is awesome in Future Fight. She's so much fun in your fight, isn't she? Oh, oh my god. <laughs> you, you, like, wreck shit with her. She's so great. <laughs> but anyway, speaking of Miss Marvel, why don't we do a magnificent Marvel number four, which has been amazing. All right. So, magnificent Marvel number four. Writer is Saladin Ahmed. The artist is Minkyu Young. Inker is Juan Velasco. Colorist, Ian Herring. Letterer, Joe Caramagna. And we have another fabulous cover by Edward Petrovic. Mr. and Mrs. Khan in the bottom corner are just adorable. I actually do not have that cover. I got the variant. So um, I don't have the actual cover for it. And now I'm sad. It's, it, it's very cool. It's kind of like a fantasy movie poster kind of <laughs> awesome. design. That's awesome. It's like, um, yeah, it's like, it's like uh, almost like a Western style sort of design as well. Uh but yeah, like you said, the the, the um, Mr. and Mrs. Khan down at the bottom right corner. Uh, bottom just right looking corner, just... very concerned. <laughs> like, what? What's going on? Uh, well, I, if I were them, I'd be like concerned as well, currently, because it's a lot to take in what they're going through right now. <laughs> so anyway, when did we last leave off? Okay, when, when last we left Ms. Marble, her escape from the villainous Malik Zir was cut short as he had his men shoot her stolen alien craft down from the sky with her parents and hunky rebel leader Chebhura on board. Kamala manages to save everyone from the fall with an I am Groot maneuver. Uh, this has all been just too much for the cons, and they're pretty much done with the adventure. But a grateful Chebhura insists that the people of Safa are good, despite their evil leader, and that they need Ms. Marvel's aid. So Kamala insists on staying to help. Chebhura then leads the cons to safety through a series of tunnels under the palace, where it is revealed that he is the son of Malik Zir, the very same Malik Zir who had him tortured for information about the rebels. Kamala commiserates about dad troubles, and she has a flashback to Earth where a potentially romantic moment between her and Bruno was ruined by Kamala spotting her dad out walking with a mystery woman. Her reverie is cut short by a cry for help, and she rushes to the defense of a Safin being roughed up by Malik Zir's soldiers. Kamala and Cheb rescue the citizen, and there's a brief respite as they hear the Song of the Stars being sung in the village below. Kamala notes that it's very similar to the Islamic call to prayer. This song was banned by Malik Zir, and Cheb Hora admires the bravery of the singer. Just then, Malik Zir's forces appear, and Cheb Hora takes them to the hidden entrance to the rebel base. Kamala makes a dad joke. Yes. That's a dad joke, all right. But anyway. As they descend into the hideout, Chebhura states that he believes she is not there to protect the people from the beast lesions, as was foretold, but from their own people who do them harm. Back among the rebels, cleaned up and fed, Chebhura makes some romantic overtures to Kamala. 
<laughs> Before she can give her answer, an alarm sounds. Malik's your forces have found the rebels. Leaving the cons to take shelter with the children, they rush off into battle. Malik Zir's army is very well armed, and if not for Ms. Marvel, the rebels would be outmatched. Unfortunately, Malik Zir shows up personally, and he has Mr. and Mrs. Khan as hostages. But before Kamala can negotiate for their freedom, a portal opens overhead, and much to everyone's surprise, the Beast Legions emerge. The prophecies were true. A four out of five goes. Uh, it's a, it's um, a purple bebop at the end. <laughs> right. Um, I really liked uh, Kamala's inner monologue about making her own story um, and that, you know, she's really growing up in this issue and becoming, growing into her own, I think, as a superhero and becoming more independent from her family. And I think her family's having trouble, her parents are having trouble accepting that. And this is like, finally the way, my cat says hello, like finally <laughs> their way of seeing that they're daughter isn't really a kid anymore and um yes that's right yeah um yeah so yeah i mean that one's quite i think that one's probably potentially more difficult for us to because i don't think any of us have got kids so <laughs> it's um it's quite difficult for us to actually comment on how to let go and let your kid become an adult i guess is where we, i'm trying to head with that that comment so <laughs> no yeah, I mean, but it's... as someone myself who had parents that were very or at least one parent who was very up in um my life yes it took yep. i can relate to kamala here very much but <laughs> i'm definitely relating to kamala here big time yeah. and yeah. i really really love this issue because wow did that hit home for me yeah i get i guess what i, what I was getting at is we we would probably find it more difficult to relate to the Khans than we do relating to kamala right um but yeah it was an interesting interesting story um and the, think... the bit about telling your own story also kind of plays into the way that the saffins have her up on this pedestal so what do we think of this new love interest <laughs> oh, it's, it's just um i think it's more of Kamala being flattered mm -hmm. by his praise than anything else. I really don't think it's going to. I mean, I don't think it's going to be anything serious. I really don't. I think it's it, it's almost like somebody going, "Hey, you're my god." That's you know, it's not quite that, but it's it's almost that. It's like you know, so much you know, reverence for it's this so one. So close to that, right? Yeah. That's exact. That's exactly all it is. I don't. He's not really interested in Kamala, he's interested in what Kamala represents to their people. And that's, that's, I, I think Kamala's very flattered, and who wouldn't be? Seriously, who wouldn't be? Um, but ultimately, I don't think there's really going to be anything coming of that. I kind of, I don't know whether it's like, um, whether it's just me, but I kind of don't want to see that. If you know what I mean. It's like Miss Marvel is like is, is a really powerful character on her own. Yes. And it's w whether you want to see her with a low of interest or not, I guess is up to you. But I mean, for me, it's kind of it's it's a really powerful thing to see her on her own, and see her do things by herself. Right. I I really don't think I think this is just more of, and I think Kamala will realize this too. He's not interested in Kamala as Kamala. He's interested in Kamala as what she represents, and then yep. Kamala will realize that. I think. Yes, she, and yeah. she's got two boys back home who like her for who she is. Yep. So, 
But in the next issue, she gets her cosmic suit, so that's... She uh, does. I really like that. A lot of people are really pissed off about it. I like the new suit a lot. I'm excited. Yeah, I do as well. Um, yeah, what was it? Uh, the, the Mr. Khan scene with that woman. What do we all think about that? That's a bit of a... I think there's more going on there than what we know. Yeah. I, and we're, we're I, seeing that through Kamala's eyes, and Kamala is naturally going to jump to the worst conclusion. I think because you know it's her, it's her dad, who's a strange woman, who's being very, you know, close to him because he's touch she's touching him in a way that, you know, people who aren't close it, it, or who are close touch each other. So he's there's clearly something going on there, but I don't think what's going on is what Kamala thinks it is. At least as far as I know, it could absolutely be what Kamala thinks it is, but we won't know until we get more of that story. I think to me. It looks more like uh, maybe just the way it's drawn, but it looks more like a kind of like a comforting that, sort see, of thing. See, that's that's what I thought. And Saladin Ahmed had hinted that there are some rough times for Kamala ahead. Yeah. So I mean, he he's probably not having an affair, but maybe he's sick. We don't know. Yes, that's that's kind of where that I could went be to. it too. Um, yeah, which is you know, but then again, it's there's still the question of who is that person. So. Because why would you why would you have that single you know whether they're a doctor or whether they're you know whether they're a long lost relation or something like that? Um, it'd be good to know who they are. Right. I, there's definitely more because he also when yeah when you look at how it's drawn he does he looks like he's shocked about something. So you're right. I think that you could be onto something, Darlene. Yeah, I also think that the uh, the, the Minky Young um, does a great job drawing this stuff. Oh no, uh, as, as does. As to the Incas and the the color artist Ian Herring, I'm so glad they got Ian Herring. I think we say this every single time, but I'm just so glad that he's still on the book. Oh, absolutely. Ian Herring's an excellent colorist, and I'm also glad that he's on the book. And I'm glad that he gels so well with the new artist, because some some colorists and artists, I don't think, gel well together, and others do. And then sometimes you get some that, no matter who you put them with, they look good. But there are just some that don't, I feel. And I'm glad to see that Ian and... um, Mink you are totally on the same page because their art has been outstanding and I am, whether it's like the close-up um, like facial expressions or action like nailing every beat it's been so good um, yeah. I am absolutely loving Saladin Ahmed on Miss Marvel that was an excellent decision it was so uh, yeah I'm, I'm really happy with it 4.5 I, mean, I would probably probably personally even give it Five out of five. To be oh, quite I would absolutely love this give it a five out of so five. Much. But uh, yeah, should we move on to the, the the last review of the day? Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur, forty-four. Oh, yeah. This, this book has been going on for so long. It's crazy. It's, it's so awesome. Great. I love Moon Girl. Something I look yeah. forward to every month. Never lets me down. Yeah, I think the fact that we've been reviewing it since it was like issue eight, I think it was when we I first thought started. we've done every ish episode for issue for that. No, I think we, we started issue eight. Um, Did we? Yeah, yeah, oh, we wow. started twenty sixteen. So, but yeah, do you want to mm. open with a review? Lynn? All right, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number forty four. Your place in the world. Writer Brandon Montclair, artist Aletha E Martinez, colorist Tamara Bondolin, letterer Travis Lanham, and the cover is by Raza, which is really cute with a chubby devil dinosaur on it. I have been loving those covers because I'm seeing the upcoming issues as well. Those covers have been on point. I absolutely love them. 
I, I kind of like the way that it's, um, you know, the, like the time traveling sort of element of it. I, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Okay. Our story starts with a quote from Gladys West, who we'll talk about later. When you're working every day, you're not thinking, what impact is this going to have on the world? You're thinking, I've got to get this right. <laughs> Truer words have never been spoken. Okay. The story opens in Lunella's secret lab, where she's attempting to re-engineer the Omniwave projector with some help from Moonbot 7. She's had enough of these random time travel adventures. She wants to control it and right wrongs before they happen. Doombot's warnings about the folly of time travel go unheeded. I love Dot, by the way. <laughs> As Lunella calls it a night, Butterfinger's Moonbot 7 drops the Omniwave projector and blames poor old Devil Dinosaur. Right before it activates and sends Lunella and Devil Dinosaur back in time to 1960s Greenwich Village. There, she meets Jojo Jacobs, her grandma, who is deciding whether or not to take an admission test to get into her school's gifted and talented program. Lunella encourages her to take the test, asking what she's afraid of, which is, of course, the exact moment that Devil Dinosaur appears behind her. As Lunella tries to explain the situation and Jojo and Devil Dinosaur make friends, Retro Doctor Strange shows up to banish the tiny witch and her demon to the astral plane. But hang on. Strange is old. He's not that old. Lunella realizes that something is wrong, and after briefly explaining the rules of superheroics to this strange strange, they head to the Sanctum Sanctorum. Lunella runs some scans and determines that her tampering with time has not only summoned a Doctor Strange from an alternate universe, but that if she doesn't put everything back the way it was... This reality will collapse. And what did she change? Her grandma didn't take that test in the original timeline. Lunella returns to Washington Square Park, but she finds herself unable to crush her grandmother's dreams. The choice ends up being taken from her as she swaps minds with Devil Dinosaur and Double DX the Fool as usual. Jojo thinks that Lunella's been making fun of her the whole time and runs off. The timeline is restored and Devil Dinosaur and a defeated Lunella return home, determined to try again tomorrow. I give this one a five out of five lockjaws. Yeah, this was sad. This one. It was so sad. I think mm -hmm. the fact that she had to completely kind of ruin her grandmother's dreams was just like, no, don't yeah. do that. No, and that actually ties into the uh, the quote that the issue yeah. started with from Gladys West, who was a mathematician and the second black woman ever hired by the Naval Surface Warfare Center back in 1956. So she is one of the hidden figures who wasn't in the movie. Oh. And uh, her work on satellite geodesy models was instrumental in the development of GPS. In December of last year, she was inducted into the Air Force Hall of Fame. Good. Yeah, incredible woman, really. Yeah. Um, and a fun fact, she still uses paper maps. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Oh dear! Really? Yes. Wow. Because the calculations may have changed since then, so she's she's going to go with the paper map. Wow. <laughs> okay, that's, that works. That's quite amusing, actually. Hey, I just developed this, uh, you know, these these models that. It's incredible you know, model. And yet, I still use the, the paper version. It's like, wow. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. At least you know they're accurate, right? Right. Because um, I think the only the only problem with uh, GPS, I think, if I'm if I'm right, is it shifts by like a few meters every year. Well, my problem so, with GPS is that it, I'll go 
to some place one way, and instead of taking me the same way back home, it takes me a completely different route back home. See, that's that's not the GPS doing that. That is a um, that is a mathematical uh, method. I think it's called. It's basically the shortest route method, um, which it takes you the shortest route, but it also the GPS also calculates the time. But yeah, she's an incredible woman. Um, it's a shame that people don't know more about her. To be quite honest with you. Agreed. Um, but yeah, this this book it it didn't have Natasha Bustos as the artist. No, I think she's oh. out for the remainder of the series. But it's it's incredible because like it just seems so much like her. Um, right. Yes. You know. So so. Um, Elisa Martinez did a fantastic job. Yeah, I so I literally uh, her style. Yeah, absolutely. Because I was about two pages in, and I looked at one panel, and I go, "Oh, is Natasha Bustos back on this book?" And I went back, I went, "Nope," but they sure got a one hell of an artist to draw it because it really fits the whole tone of the book. And um, I would love to see more of Aletha E. Martinez's work in the future. So keep yeah. her around, Marvel. Yeah, even yeah. The, the camera angles and the you know. Body language is exactly, yeah, and like you know, the way I, you know, picture after seeing Natasha Bustos's work. Yeah, exactly, and uh, so wow, just that was a great fill-in artist for this. So, well done, Marvel. We like her. Keep her is, around. Do you, does any, does anyone know if she's on on the next uh, Moon Girl book? Great question. I don't. Let's know. check that one out. But I. I think the other thing that kind of um, bugs me about this one is, to, is it really is just the fact that she had to kind of ruin her grandmother's dreams to, you know, and it's, yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's, that's probably the saddest bit about it. That's rough. Because then yeah. sit there and you look at your mother and you go, you could have had, you know, this whole yeah. different life. But then Lunella also noticed, she says later that, you know, her grandmother's, uh, you know, life has been happy and she's happy. She seems happy, but there's that whole what if now hanging over her head. Also, Aletha Martinez is on book number 45. Yay! And that starts the yeah. ended near arc, which has me concerned. Has the what arc, sorry? The ended near arc. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what, what issue is Moon Girl going up to before it gets disappeared? I don't know. Well, no one, we don't been, know. No, we're just, this is hypothetical because we're all, they've taken Natasha Bustos off the book, but she's also just had a baby, so there's that. Yeah, I was going to say, because I mean, yeah, she, is, had, she had a baby. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, but then, she has, yeah. but then, it, you get nervous when it hits milestones. Right, exactly. So now you have, five, you know, this, this happens to a lot of books where they're about to cancel a book, they change the artist on it and put the other artist, the original artist on the new book, and then the series gets cancelled five issues later. And this happened to Spider-Woman. It's happened to, um, we only did it for one issue of All New and Humans, but they still did it. Um, so every time, I, I just worry. I haven't heard anything from yeah. Brandon Montclair, but when you add all these things that sh in the, a series might be ending, and then you title the arc The End is Near, yeah, I mean, I, I would. I just worry it, if it's going to end anywhere. It'll end at issue fifty. Uh, end at issue fifty. I hope um, it doesn't end anywhere, though. I I don't want it to end. Yeah, I think I really I really hope that's you know I I just I I didn't know if you guys had heard anything more than I what I've heard. I haven't. I no. haven't heard so, anything. 
but the uh, the series has been consistently amazing from the beginning. Yeah, and it's consistently done really well with um, kind of Scholastic and other stuff. So I kind of hope that they bring it out in trades, like do a complete trade. So issues, you know, like 51 to 55, that'd be great as one one consistent book. Um, but this is all hypothetical. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. The fact of the story, it, it really does tie into the whole smart versus wise right. thing that goes yes. on in Moon Girl because... She's the smartest there is, but everybody knows that time travel doesn't work. Right. You can't go back in time and kill Thanos. You mean Back to the Future is just a load of bullshit? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, you know, Back to the Future is one of my favorite movie <laughs> series of all time, and Endgame ruined it for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I think I think Smart versus Wise is definitely a is, is pretty much the ongoing thing. Yeah. <laughs> all the way through Moon Girl. Um, you know, she's incredibly smart, but she's, I, I guess it's experience with age, but, you know, she's going to have a hell of a lot of experience by the time she turns 15. I know that much. Yeah, right. But yeah, I, I, I still, it's, it's still, I'm just always going to go back to the whole, um, Josephine Gate Jacobs not being able to do what she could have been destined to do. I just, it's just more of the hanging over your head of what could have been if you had actually done it. It's the hindsight is kind of 2020 thing where the what if but, okay. that's I mean, what makes it sad to me but I think it's also the fact that they are she would have been potentially clever enough to like change the world and yeah it goes back to what you say the whole what if thing but and Lunella you know. now knows that what if that she, she's got her smarts from you know her mom's side of the family and you know who could her grandmother have been if she had taken that test and exactly. Yeah. Of has... a wasted potential. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's that's kind of kind of what I'm coming at. You know, in the you know in the 50s and 60s there was a whole rhetoric of you know, at least in the UK I don't know about in the US but it was always kind of like the the patriarch of the family went out and did the the work and the and the matriarch did the kind of the cooking the cleaning and that kind of stuff which was just a you know, it's a whole different time obviously but you think how many women there are in that time that could have changed the world quite literally. Yes. That's what frustrates me. All right. So um, the next issue is, start, as we said earlier, the um, the end is near arc, issue number 45. Um, same art team as this issue, so you know it's going to look good. Um, I'm intrigued to see exactly what's going on here. So yeah. uh, that comes out. Oh, crap. When does that come out? I didn't. Three weeks time, I guess. Three, but yeah, I guess about three weeks because this came out last week. Sounds about right. Yeah, two, three weeks away. So, uh, although by the time this goes out, I guess it'll be two weeks. So. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, yeah. So, which is good. But um, so, any reading recommendations, suggestions, anything like that? Uh, I'll go first, seeing as how we were just talking about Gladys West. It's not a comic. It's uh, the book Hidden Figures by Margot Lee Shetterly. And that is the book that the movie Hidden Figures was based on. I recommend reading the book. The movie is good, is wonderful, but it did take a lot of creative license in some of the things that happened. So if you want the real story, read the book. Got it. Sounds good. Um, to me, I've, I've, like I said earlier, the things I've been kind of reading is all the books for the podcast and Age of Man stuff. Um, I've also picked up um, Fahrenheit 451, 
Yeah. Which, uh, which I need to read, but apparently, well, there's a, there's a quote in Age of X Men based upon that book, and uh, it kind of made me want to read it. So I recommend that because apparently it's a really good story. Yes, love Ray Bradbury. I'm yep. going to recommend some more comics because I'm going to read comics. Um, I just read uh, Jason Aaron's and Dennis Hallam's uh, Sea of Stars, which is uh, about a boy and his father who are in space and. Uh, Bad things happen, and they get separated, and they're trying to find their way to each other. Issue 1 just came out. Um, I really liked it. Art's fantastic. I forget who's on the art. Um, I know Nico uh, Renzi is coloring, but I forget who the artist is, and I'm so sorry, you guys. Um, but I really like it. And then I've also been reading Thanos by Teeny Howard, um, because she'll be writing Jessica Drew and Strikeful, so I was intrigued. And uh, she has made me like Gamora as a character. And she offers this really cool, like, side to Thanos that you wouldn't expect. It's been fabulous. So um, you definitely need to read it. I'll say I'm glad they're going down that route because um, Thanos is actually quite a nice character to read. Not a nice character in general, but he's quite a good character to read. So if you kind of want to go down that route of cool Thanos stuff, um, I would suggest the the Infinity Trilogy, which came out a couple of years ago, an original graphic novel, and the Infinity Twins, I think it is, um, which is basically about uh, Thanos and um, uh, Adam Warlock, I believe. Which is uh, it's always good when those two get get together. But uh, they're all by Jim Starling. Uh, yep. Starling. So. Um, this one is Teeny Howard with Ariel Olivetti on art, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I read so, that issue of that. It's really good. It's really good. And, um, it's the Black called... Order are you? <laughs> they're yep. so great. And uh, <laughs> they really are so great. And um, I really like Ebony Mall. What a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, there's there's some there's a parental advisory on this book. Um, but it's just been incredibly enjoyable, and Teeny Howard has made me like characters I was never really that interested in reading before. So, um, it's super no. giant in the book. No, no, okay, no. she is not so, a member of the Black Order. Well, she was originally. She was, and that and that's kind of that's the the only thing that really frustrates me about uh, the Avengers sort of Infinity War and Endgame. It's the fact that they didn't have Supergiant because I feel like Supergiant is a really underrated character, but I'll let you guys go and figure, read that. Okay. So, at the end of the end of the show, we are at the end of the show, you guys. Um, next time we'll have more, <laughs> and. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, yeah, we'll we'll have more next time. Next episode, there will be one. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Yeah. If if you guys want to get in contact, then uh, more than welcome comments, sort of yeah, messages that on Twitter, which is at Atalan Rising One. Um, our email is uh, the show at Rising dot com. I think that's that's yeah, that's the only two places you can really get us. We're on Facebook as well, but you know, people don't seem to find us on Facebook. So that's okay. But yeah, thanks for the, thanks, and we'll thanks. catch you guys later. And let the spoilers now begin for Far From Home. Oh, yeah. Yeah, bonus content. Yeah. So, now this is this is one that I think might be uh, a bit of a push in the, in the Spider-Man Far From Home movie. But it was interesting nonetheless, which is um, the first mid-credit scene, well, the only mid-credit scene, because mid-credit's and end-credit, 
uh, in the mid credit scene, there is a bit where Spider-Man and MJ land just in front of um, the Grand Central Station. And in the background, it says one, two, three, dot, dot, dot. And then we can't wait for you to see what's coming next. And uh, it's actually outside the real life location of the back building. So take that as, you know, you might take that as a pinch of salt, maybe. But it's an interesting one, nonetheless. It could just be referring to phase four, but I kind of like to think that it's referring to the Fantastic Four. It uh, could be referring to both, but um, it also could be that uh, Marvel Studios did just announce uh, that they will be going to Hall H at N- uh, SDCC, um, which is soon. They have a 90-minute presentation on Marvel. And this is Marvel Studios. This is not Marvel Television. This is Marvel Studios. This is the movies. They're doing a 90-minute presentation in Hall H. Wow. Which which suggests to me that they are literally gonna going to advertise Phase yeah. 4. Yeah, they're yeah. just going to drop Phase 4, I think, at SDCC. Yeah. It's going to be nuts trying to get into Hall H. It's going to be a freaking free-for-all. People are going to be there Saturday. You know people are going to be camping out on Monday to get into that. So, um, yeah, I'll be... Yeah, I was going to say, I think... Uh, I'll be watching so, the live tweets for that because it's going to be yeah. nuts. Well, um, I think I think the, the films that are likely to be coming next, or not, not necessarily confirmed, but... Well, Black um, Widow, which... Heavily, yeah. heavily rumoured, yeah. I mean, that's, that's already started filming. Uh, the Eternals is is obviously apparently casting now. Um, Shang Chi, uh, what else is there? Doctor Strange two, Black yeah. Panther two, Captain Marvel two. Yep. 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 Yeah, and hopefully that includes um, Dad Bod. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, and also I guess you want to talk about the second end credit scene of Spider Man, which is probably quite an important one to to Saren. Uh, would be. So go ahead. So, okay, so so it kind of cuts to um, the car with Nick Fury and Maria Hill, kind of going down this this street in uh, in what where is it? Where are they? Well, I guess they're still driving in London potentially. I don't know, but um, essentially Nick Fury starts talking to Maria Hill, they having a conversation, and then he turns into Talos, <laughs> and, uh, and Maria Talos Hill is... turns into Talos's wife. Yeah, <laughs> and it's quite interesting because a friend of mine instantly goes, "Oh yeah, it means Talos." has been Nick Fury the entire time. And I'm not, like, necessarily. Don't no, be silly. not necessarily. Not necessarily. I don't think so. Anyway. But, I don't um, think so either. I think either Nick now it could have been those two I, that I had gotten Nick left after Endgame. I think yes, so. I was gonna say I think after the sub and then after the, the blip. Um uh, yeah I think uh, I think all that everybody coming back he kind of just wanted some his own time. Um which is why he's in a um kind of in a special room it's made to look like a beach that he's just kind of like chilling out on and he kind of gets off his chair and he goes back he's on this enormous spaceship or space station um probably but it wasn't actually it wasn't actually said what it was but it's it's more than likely going to be sword in the peak and it's bullets yes yeah (laughs) so you know i wonder i mean I mean, I, I, I kind of, I spoke to Saren about this before and I was like, I kind of don't want them to do the Skrull invasion um, because it would feel a bit like, um, and I'm trying to put this as delicately as possible, but it would feel like you kind of make the Skrulls the refugees and then you make them, you know, as an invasion force, it kind of just, it just make everything into Marvel a little kind of... I don't think it would, because Kevin Feige has gone on record to say, you know, there's more than one faction of Skrulls out there. So, yeah. this yeah. could be, you know, Talos' faction 
could be the quote unquote good faction that's working with Siri. But there if, could if they be did it that way, yeah. Another I feel faction if they, out there. I feel if they went the other route and they made them all kind of a part of the secret invasion, I think that would or, be cause the, a what happened bad to their, decision. What happened to their daughter? Why wasn't she there with them? Where was she? So they had this daughter who, and then you have well, in Guardians. Uh, no, 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 listen to me. I'm going to go tinfoil hat on you right now. Ready? We're going tinfoil hat. So, yeah, I know what you're going to say. So, no. I, I do. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> you probably I are. know exactly where you're going with this. So you had Ronan at the end of Guardians was a totally religious fanatic. What if she, I don't know. Oh, that's Ronan. He's not a scroll, so never mind. But what if she goes yeah. totally um, religious fanatic? Like Veronki was in the actual secret invasion. We don't even know her name. Hell, she could be Veronki. So what if she like totally tells her parents to like screw off and starts her own evil faction of scrolls? You never know. Because what she saw yeah. on that well no, that's the thing though, but what she saw on that ship at the end of Captain Marvel was she saw dad being utterly ruthless to save their people. So what if she sees that and takes that to heart? I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, I think I think it, it'll be. be interesting. I think Captain Marvel two. I think Captain Marvel two will be a long way. Oh. oh towards do you, the do end you of hear Phase Four. Who the rumored villain for that is? Well, I'd, I kind of assume it would be um, oh. Ronan. It's Korvac. I think. Oh, they could do the Korvac saga. That's that, weird. That would, no. that would be interesting because. Korvac Saga, I think, is a real hit and miss thing for most Avengers fans. Um, that's what I'm hearing. Um, that is so far. I mean, they haven't even scripted it yet. This is just a rumor, so don't, you know, it's all hearsay, you guys. Um, but apparently, Korvac, they're going to have as the um, next cosmic big bad, and then with the hints of Norman Osborn in Far From Home, he will be the street level big bad going forward mm, yeah I kind hearing. of I, I would much rather I mean in my opinion I, I reckon they should just kind of get rid of the Avengers at this point and just go for ultimates they, they've cause... already got three of them in there yeah but I mean they've got so who, what three of those that you've Captain got Captain Marvel... Marvel you've got Monica and yep. you've got um, T'Challa you just need Blue Marvel and America. Yeah, I, I, yeah. So I, I, I reckon they'll go. I mean, I'm kind of uh, the way I would go about it is go down the ultimate route and go, just chuck Spider Man on there, put Doctor Strange on there, because you've kind of got the, the, the ultimate protectors. You've got like a cosmic Avenger, you've or, or cosmic ultimate, and you've got like the whole Doctor Strange being the, um, kind of the mystic Avenger or ultimate. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think. Um... I think we need Blue Marvel. I think yes, we do I too. think you believe that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would love the ultimates, especially if it's based off of Alioin's ultimates, because that would be amazing. You sure you don't want uh, Ultimate Avengers? I don't. I'm not as familiar with. And that. then we, we can we can have a uh, an accurate retelling of Ultimate War. <laughs> no, nobody wants that. No. Okay, good. So I want Alioin's ultimates. That's um. That's what I want. That that's where Wolverine saw his children, or supposed children. Well, he's got Quicksilver another kid Scarlet now. Witch. Charles Soule just gave him another kid. Rightly so. <sighs> the guy gets around. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense that he gets around because he's so old. I mean, he's but... two hundred years old. 
old, so yeah, you know. but still. Anyway, but, uh, I guess that's yeah. everything. It is. Um, anything else about Far From Home? J.K. Simmons. Oh, J.K. Simmons returning as J. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson. I'm, I'm really glad they did that because you really can't get a better J. J. Jonah Jameson than you can. No, yeah, I think right, I'm really glad that they went down the kind of the Infowars route um, rather than doing anything like kind of how he was in the um, in the Tobey Maguire series, purely because it just makes so much sense. <laughs> Yeah, get me pictures of Spider-Man and make him look at like the worst light possible. Oh, that's brilliant. But yeah, I think that's everything. I hope you enjoyed the bonus content. You all have a Let's good time. Until next time. Bye. 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 So I'm gonna stop recording and dump this in into.